Facing Sudden Physical Adversity in the Midst of Ministry. That's the topic on this week's ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. On the podcast today, we have a very familiar name to most of our listeners. His name is Rand Hummel. Rand, thanks for being here with us today. Thank you. Rand has many stories he could tell us to encourage us all, but what I want to deal with today is those physical problems that come up immediately, uh, heart attacks, cancers, um, other afflictions that may hit people in the midst of ministry, I mean, right in the middle of trying to please God and work, um, these things hit. So, Rand, first tell us, for the listeners who don't know you, you and Amber married how many years? We've been married 40 years. This year we have two kids, uh, Josh and Anna, both married. Trista, uh, Josh married Trista, and Anna and Scott had three grandchildren. Uh, of course, the most intelligent, best-looking anybody would ever want. Uh, uh, and uh, Sebi and Anya and Hudson. And uh, two, one family is in South Carolina, the other family is in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, we're here in Deering, Southern New Hampshire, and had the privilege of 30 years at the Wilds in North Carolina, and then 2008, Amber and I came up here, started over, and now this is our 10th year. So this is our 40th year of marriage and 40th year with the Wilds. Wow, what a testimony. It's great. All right, so during this time, 40 years, I think anyone that knows your ministry, so you uh, were a director of the programs at the camps in North Carolina, you're director of the camps in New England, you also write, you also travel, you speak to school, Christian schools, Christian colleges, churches all around, very busy schedule. So in the middle of all that pressure, uh, tell us what happened a few years ago uh, when one of your sudden physical afflictions came upon you. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, you make it sound like I do all those things all the time. Some of that is seasons of life. You know, my kids were growing up. I didn't travel. I just asked Camp, can I please not travel? And Amber and I were the music director at Bethany Baptist for over 10 years. And uh, we just decided that we wanted to be with our kids while they're growing up. And it really wasn't until they went to college before we started traveling. The thing about writing, just so you know, when I was graduating I could not go to grad school because my GPA was too low. I struggled with English. I grew up working on a farm, working with my hands, heading in the mission field as a plumber. Never thought I would certainly ever preach or write. Uh, and actually, they just took one of my messages and put it into book form, and that's kind of what started that. Now, what uh, book was that? Was that the was uh, The Dark Side of the Internet, Okay. the very first one. And then they called uh, from Journey Forth and said, do you have anything else? Would you write for us? I said, no. I just don't think I can. And they said, well, do you have anything? Well, I did have one year. This is many years ago. I was probably about 40, and I had, this is sad, but I had uh, three of my dear friends, all pastors, all who had worked at the Wilds, all who had graduated Christian colleges, who were all in prison, uh, basically because of immorality and, and molesting kids. And it scared me, because these were the kind of guys you think would never, ever sin, even. They're just that kind of guy. And so I did, from my background, come from a very abusive, difficult background. I was raised by my grandparents uh, for many years. 
Um, it kind of scared me. I honestly thought if they couldn't do it, there's no way that I can. So I spent, oh, about six weeks right before Christmas getting up extremely early and trying to get about six hours with the Lord before lunch, studying everything I could about the mind and thought life and purity. And I just actually did meditations. Well, that began the Lest You Fall book. Then they asked me to do one on anger, which I did have quite a bit of experience on that one, both sides. Right. And then uh, Fear Not, and actually there's one coming out in December on Stress Less, Trust More, uh, the fourth of the meditation series. I'll say this, when they asked if I wanted to go to New England, I'm thinking, wow, what? I, I can't do that. When they asked me to preach back in the late 70s, I thought, I can't do that. Writing, I knew I couldn't do that. And everything God pushed me into, I learned to love. One of my greatest thrills today is studying to be able to write. Mm. And uh, a normal six-week Bible study, I spend nine months studying one book, and then I take three months to write it. And uh, it has just become part of my life, if you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, so in the schedule, you're mm -hmm. serving God, you're faithful, you're, you're doing all you can do, you're managing family, you're managing church life, you're managing camp life, you're managing your personal walk with the Lord, and then a sudden physical affliction mm -hmm. hits you. Well, let me explain what happened. It was in 2012, March. It was actually the day that our Youth Workers Conference uh, was starting. And I was getting ready to go to the airport and pick up one of our speakers. And the program guys, they looked over and they said, Rant, uh, you're going to do German musician for fun time. I said, no, I'm not. You guys are going to give me a heart attack. And they all laughed at me. And honestly, I went to my office. This was in North Carolina. And I just had that indigestion and so being as any man I went and drank some of the pink medicine real quick and and that didn't seem to fix I called our nurse and she said there's a bug going around so I went home and Amber said you ready for lunch and I said no I'm just not feeling good I laid down on the couch which they say you shouldn't do and then all of a sudden my jaw began to ache I didn't have the elephant on my chest or anything mm -hmm. like that and then I thought, oh, no, could it be? No, there's no way. But I didn't want to scare Amber. I said, hon, I'm really feeling bad. Do you mind if we go into the emergency room or urgent care? And uh, she just knew I had just terrible indigestion or whatever. And so on the way out, our nurse met me and gave me a little, little bottle of nitroglycerin. She said, if you feel like you're going to pass out, just, just put one in your mouth. And, and I didn't want to tell Amber, but I took three of those on the way to Brevard. Got to Brevard and they saw it was code blue, threw me in the ambulance and take me to Asheville. And when I got to Asheville, honestly, it was like literally 20 seconds before they had me on this gurney in this room, big flat screen TV. They shot this like a camera up, something coming up my leg and they're inside my heart looking around. And if you've never experienced that, they're racing around saying we're losing him, we're losing him. I'm, I'm wide awake. I'm watching these guys and I'm thinking this is it. And I'm just so thankful to say. I had no fear, zero fear, zero. And if you ever stop to think about what are you gonna think about when you know you're gonna die, you know, my, my very first car was a 65 Mustang. I didn't care about that. Right. You didn't care about it, you think about the people that you love. Mm. And honestly, I thought, oh, my poor Anna, uh, I thought, well, she, told, she had just gotten married three weeks before, I said, Scott will take care of her. Josh and Trista had been married for like nine years, couldn't have kids. They were expecting in like two months. And I thought, well, I'll see the little guy in heaven. I thought of my dear Amber, and I thought, oh, poor Amber. And I don't know why I thought this, but I thought I don't even have my taxes done yet. But I didn't <laughs> think of that. And I will say this, and then I thought about New England and the kids up here. 
And I'd only had I'd only been here two years, and I had so many plans and desires to help the young people of New England know God and love God. And I got a little down then, and then all of a sudden it hit me. I was going to see Jesus. And I'm thinking, whoa, what is, oh, I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to cry. Do you say thank you? Do you shake? Oh, I'm going to cry. I'm just going to fall on my face and cry. And, and while I'm going through this, I'm going to think, but he's going to want to give me a hug. He's going to be there. And, and I honestly was right at the point where I knew I was going to see the Lord when I heard one of those surgeons say, there it is. And they did. They stuck like this vacuum cleaner up my leg. And, and, and it was a blood clot that had broken loose and got on top of my heart. And that was why I was having a heart attack. And they sucked that thing out. I literally could feel the blood go poof over my heart. And my first thought was, stink. <laughs> I was like this close to seeing Jesus. And obviously, it was not time. The doctor said, you're a lucky guy, obviously, the way they would put it. Because they said at that point, there was no damage. And that was on that day. And then the next day in the hospital, literally when the nurse came in, she was crying. And the doctor was with her. And they said, we have bad news. We misdiagnosed. So he said, you do have serious damage. Your heart will only work 20% the rest of your life. And uh, that's the ejection fraction, that part that pumps the blood out. And I was, I was bummed. I thought, wow. They said, you probably never go back to camp, never go back to New England. I didn't know what I was going to do at all, and I just thought, well, okay, uh, wow. And it was really disappointing because I love serving God. I, I don't deserve to be serving God, but I love it. And then what happened was just literally thousands of kids started praying and friends from all over, and Facebook exploded, you know, where they're with you. And I did everything they told me to do is walking and, and taking the right medicines and exercising and and one thing led to another, and about three months later, my heart was still at 20, I think it was 24 or something like that, uh, percent. I went in to get fitted for a defibrillator or pacemaker. Right. And uh, when I went in there, they took the test, and the people in the hospital said, he doesn't need one. So they called the cardiologist, said, yes, he does. And they made me, called me on my way home, went back in and used this dye stuff. And normal heart ejection fraction is like 55 and when they tested mine, mine was at 60. Wow. Not only did the heart muscle come back, but it strengthened. I still have issues, and I take shots every other week for my heart, and I'm on a lot of medicine. But as far as that part, that was what, 2000, that's six years ago. Mm. And I remember at that point thinking, should I buy a place so Amber has a place to settle down, and how should I prepare for the future? You know what I have been given? Six gifts, six more summers six more falls, and then even the rest of the year do some writing and some traveling and speaking. And nothing else matters, to be honest with you, nothing. Because if I have another heart attack, poor Amber, she doesn't want to be stuck with a place, you know, that's not near the kids. And your whole life perspective kind of changes. It's just like, thank you, Lord, for every summer that he gives me. Marshall Fant interviewing Rand Hummel about the sudden physical adversities that come into your life. And with Rand, it was this heart attack he just told us about. So... Rand, for those who go through that, in the months of recovery, you hear people that, you know, they may battle depression. They may battle, uh, why me? Uh, I'm serving God. I'm, you know, and it may not be a heart attack. It may be that cancer. Mm -hmm. We both have friends who are going through that. Or it may be, you know, just other things. I mean, recently, I substituted for you 
um, my wife and I did in another city because God sidelined you again with uh, with a back problem. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a sudden or the ones that just come on, did you battle depression? Did you battle the blues? Did you... I mean, just talk to us a little bit on what advice you would give if right. you didn't go through that. What advice would you give to our listeners? Well, I, I am not a super spiritual guy. I love the Lord and spend time with Him, but I'll have to say I've never battled depression through it. I was down at the very first two days, three days. They told me I can't come back to camp, but I just thought He must have something else for me, and the privilege He has given me to be back to camp and and to continue doing what we get to do up here is an amazing thing. But the key, the key is just refocused and say, Lord, wow, you must have something for me to learn. For me, it's getting back, it's getting in the word of God. And, And during those three months, I would sleep in a chair for about three hours and then I would read and then I would sleep for four more hours and then I would read. I didn't even know if it was day or night half the time. And I read about 12 commentaries on the book of Daniel and uh, just just meditated and wrote a book uh, called The Daniel Dilemma, Real Courage for Real Life. And we live in a tough world and uh, a world that Christians are not loved or actually hated. And Jesus said, marvel not if the world hates you. And uh, that was one of the most fun studies I've ever done. I wasn't distracted. I didn't have to run to do fun time. I didn't have to be involved in cleanup. And I don't even mind those things. But I had concentrated time in the Word of God. And, 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 I, and I almost feel guilty to tell you this. I had the privilege to spend much, much more time with my wife during those months and during those first years after a heart attack than I ever did before or probably since. So we had more time together to laugh and just talk undistracted because nobody wants to bother you. Another thing I did do during that time, I was concerned for the Wilds of New England, so I got all my speakers lined up for the next 10 years. <laughs> and I'm serious because what happened, nobody's going to feel so bad for me having a heart attack. Oh yeah, I'll come. Just put a day. Give me a day. And I lined up speakers. I actually have speakers lined up to almost 2025 wow. for this place right now. and Because uh, I wanted my friends to be here to share their hearts with the kids here in New England. So the depression, no. Um, Let me back up just a second. So those that don't know the wilds, so the wilds, you mentioned fun time, clean up, this kind of stuff. So the wilds is a Christian camp Mm -hmm. organized uh, really in North Carolina and operates one also in New England. So part of that, uh, just briefly explain, you show the love of God. Um, what, what's the... Yep. Well, our mission is we show the love of God or the truth of God with the love of God so lives can be changed to the glory of God. And um, up here in New England, it's a little bit different because it's everything's black and white. You're a Christian or you're not up here. And so honestly, running a ministry like this up here, and, go, and God has so blessed. We have a beautiful campsite. We're not a big camp, about 180 kids a week, which in New England is pretty big. And uh, then what I get to do is just travel every Sunday. I'm somewhere at a church just loving on people in New England, northern New Hampshire, Vermont, there might be 18 people, 22, might be a big, big church of maybe 60 or 70, you know, and uh, so that's a joy, but we run three months in the summer for teens, and then we do fall camps, but here we close it down in the middle of October, drain our pipes, because it gets really cold, even the birds wear earmuffs up here, okay, and uh, then that's the time I get to travel and speak and, uh, but part of this fun time is showing them oh. Christians can have fun. Oh, yeah. So yeah, part yeah. of this is winning the hearts of the teens. Yep. And, and you're really known as a friend of teenagers. Right. I mean, and you're 62. Two. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I really commend you. I know it's impacted the, uh, all of our children. Mm-hmm. 
and so I thank you for that. But all right, so I want to cover one more thing that you really stressed. Some people may not know how to meditate. Mm-hmm. You mentioned over and over you were meditating, meditating, you're writing books on meditating. Would you just take what minutes we have here, because that may be a key here, mm-hmm. of describing and, and gifts maybe if somebody says, well, I've never meditated. So, Rand, just take, mm-hmm. again, Rand Hummel with the Wilds New England. Would you just take the few minutes we have left, and would you sure, expound sure. on that? Um, I'm going to go back to when I was 27. We had our son, Josh, and then we had a little boy that died at birth. And it was a struggle, and then we were going to lose the next pregnancy, the next baby. And I lost it. I got angry with God. And uh, when I got home, I said, God's mad about something. Amber said, no, he's not. He doesn't care. He's a thousand miles away. And it hit me that we were both very, very blinded to our concept of God. I was raised in a very difficult, angry home. So to me, God was an angry God for Amber. Some teenager had her put in foster care, and then she was adopted out of that. But when she was like seven or eight, her daddy died, and her mother never got married again. She grew up without a debt. So for her, God is a thousand miles away. So I went to my dear friend, Ken Collier, said, I'm in trouble. I'm a mess. I was struggling with my anger. Amber and I were having problems. He said, well, you need to get to know God. So what I did, I was scared. I mean, this is where God, literally Isaiah 66 is it. He's looking for those who are contrite of spirit. That means pulverized and trembles at his word. And I was scared I was going to lose my ministry, my, my wife, everything. Because I was a mess in my heart. I could fake it, and I could serve really, really good, okay, and work hard. So I began, got up very early in the morning. I spent two hours every morning for the next 18 months just going through the book of Psalms. Hmm. God is my, or my God is. And Marsh, I'm telling you, it changed my life. Hmm. Totally changed my life. Because I'd be reading, my God is strong, my God is light, my God is patient with me. Or my God loves, I'm thinking, well, I know he loves the good kids, like go to church and are faithful. And I always struggled with the concept of God loving me. Not that he wouldn't love others. I never doubted that he would do that. And it began to change my life. But not only did I start to see, my wife saw a difference in me. I mean, when you grow up in a difficult home, you don't cry a lot, you don't laugh a lot. And now, man, I get choked up at supermarket openings, you know. (laughs) It's just, when kids get saved here at camp, I do. I just start blubbering and... It's, it's what God changes a heart. And the key is we get in such a hurry. Just yesterday, I preached a message to the teenagers here at the Wilds of New England called Fast Food Philosophy. And uh, we almost approach God in devotions as a drive through at McDonald's. Something mm. fast, quick, and easy. It tastes good. Right. makes me feel good. And we miss the Joshua thing. This book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein and whether it's adults or kids or pastors say how can I do this and stay faithful preaching and be fervent in my prayer life and witness to my friends and love my wife and serve my God how do I do this meditate on the word of God it'll change the way you think that's the renewing of the mind and that it's almost like God puts on the new man which is a true holiness it's not pretend it's not fake he literally changes us through the meditation of his word. So meditating just over and over that God is good or God is, and just thinking through that and maybe writing down 
how that applies to you. Is that right? And, exactly. And, From the book of Psalms, it's pretty easy. Right. But then other things, just meditate on whatever. You could just meditate on God's grace or God's love. All right. So the books on meditation that you've put together, one of right. them is... Uh, really the first one is Lest You Fall, Meditations right. to Fight Moral yeah. Impurity, okay. Turn Away Wrath, Meditations to Fight Anger and Bitterness, right. Fear Not, Meditations to Fight Worry and Discouragement, and then again, the next one taken from the Sermon on the Mount, where he kept saying, take no thought, take no thought. It's stress less, trust more. Meditations to fight the stress in our lives. Would you say if someone knows of somebody that just had the heart attack or the cancer or um, whatever, that this book coming out, when would that be released? Probably, probably in December, but I also would probably have them go to the Fear Not. Because okay. the second half of Fear Not deals with the top fears that we struggle with and how God is the answer for those. But I'd also recommend a book called Off Script okay. by Kerry Schmidt because it's he had cancer. Mine was a heart attack. He sent it to me the day that he heard I had a heart attack. And God used that book in my life in a great way. And uh, basically it is not what we planned, but it is what God planned. And you know how many times now, 2 Corinthians 1, 4, God of all comfort comforts us in our tribulation that we can comfort others with the same comfort or comfort of God. And me being able to share with those who have heart attacks, difficulties, uh, babies dying, God, everything he puts in our life, he can use to encourage others. He really can. In closing, and just wrap it up, and again, this is observing, so please you know, come back with what I'm saying. So in your physical affliction it was sudden but others now have come Mm -hmm. so would it be fair to say just because we get victory over the heart attack that God continues to mold us he continues Mm -hmm. to love us and really the physical afflictions that are a result of the fall I'm not saying we look forward to them or embrace them but we have a sovereign providential God any any comments on just the continual afflictions? Yeah. Any well, honestly, it's almost like where Paul said he gloried or he boasted. He was glad for some of the infirmities. Why? Because then he saw the power of God. If you're driven, you want to accomplish a lot. We do. We sometimes run so fast we forget to pray. Yeah. We forget to depend on God. And I am so thankful that I have a God that keeps me dependent on Him. Totally God dependent, which really is humility. And he resists the proud. He's only going to give his divine enablement to the humble. And, and the afflictions that we have and the difficulties, yeah, I have back issues. And the bottom line is I've just had too many birthdays. And that it, the spine has 62 years on it, you know. And I'm not going to complain. I am so thankful I get to do what I still get to do at, at this age. And I really, really don't want to coast. Because when you coast, you stop being God-dependent. You've just done it so many times, you keep doing it. And I want to have a fresh message from His precious Word every single day. The key, the bottom line is getting up in the morning and spending time with God. The only thing I've been really consistent in in all my years is spending time with God early morning. And I am thankful that He's there to knock on the door and say, Hey, I open the door and He comes in and sups with me. and, and and it is a privilege to be able to do that. Well, it's obvious in your life and in your ministry and the way you have impacted and mentored so many. So I, I thank you for your ministry. And again, those listening, Rand Hummel. Uh, again, Rand is director of the Wiles of New England. 
and you can um, Google his name, get his books, especially give them out to those that are struggling with affliction or uh, physical afflictions or really any of these things. So, Rand, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate you. We love you and appreciate your friendship. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.